Greetings, I'm Will Tompkins, and this is the Narrow Way Podcast. This series of episodes is our 17-week study of John Bunyan's timeless book, The Pilgrim's Progress, edited by C.J. Lovick. This edition is available on Amazon in both paper and on the Kindle e-reader. It is also available on the Crossway Books website. Links to both are available in the description text of the first episode of this series. In this episode, we'll be discussing chapter 11 in our source text, Shepherd's Warnings, Dangers Avoided. But first, a moment of prayer. All glory and honor to you, Father. Grateful are we for this gathering, for this time of learning, and for your very presence here with us. May the words from my mouth be your words, Father, delivered on the wings of the Spirit. And may ears be prepared to hear your truth, feet prepared to deliver it, and hearts prepared to do it. And let us not be troubled or filled with angst during these current and difficult trials, Father God, but rather may we be unwaveringly moved to separate ourselves from this world and to fix our gaze upon the magnificent splendor of your city that lies just ahead. Amen. Now recall that when we last left our pilgrims, Christian and hopeful, they had managed to escape from the dungeon of Doubting Castle and the clutches of its owner, giant despair, and his evil wife, distrust, and that the means of their escape was the key in pilgrim's bosom, representing the immutable promises of God, and having escaped, found their way back to the stile and crossed back over onto the narrow way, the Lord's highway, where they constructed a monument to warn others of the consequences of leaving the way. This was a wretched experience for our pilgrims, one which they brought upon themselves by their own transgressions, initiated by pilgrims' arrogance and self-righteousness in thinking he had somehow found a better way better than the Lord's way, and for this they nearly perished. In the end, this was a most painful lesson in obedience. As Christians, most of the problems we encounter result from not knowing or not applying the living Word of God. The remedy, of course, is daily reading of the Word and understanding both God's promises and our obligations. Otherwise, you will soon be lost. Remember this from Hebrews 5, 8. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And certainly if the Son of God learned in this way, we must expect to do the same. So, walk not without your eyes fixed firmly on Jesus. And remember that the remedy for despair is God's promises. 
Now, before we begin our introduction of today's text, I want to ease the minds of those who might rightly fear that this pilgrim's progress, this narrow way, is little more than one trial after another, one more wretched experience piled upon the previous one. And so I ask you, loved ones, not to overlook the many places of rest, of refreshment, of enjoyment for both body and soul, provided by the Lord of the way for traveling pilgrims. There was the stream at the bottom of the hill of difficulty, the arbor, the house beautiful, the plain of ease, and many more, all put into place by the Lord of the place for weary pilgrims to rejuvenate. And not only these places, but also faithful companions, helpers, teachers, consolers. So take heart, for he is with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. As we move forward now with the overview for this episode, chapter 11, Shepherd's Warnings, Dangers Avoided, we'll begin with these words from Cheever. The great discipline which we need as pilgrims is mostly the experience of our own weaknesses and the art of finding our strength in Christ. But it is astonishing what severe treatment is oftentimes necessary to teach this. Apparently the simplest and most obvious of all lessons, but yet the deepest and most difficult to be learned. Now here on the delectable mountains, in the company of the four shepherds, our pilgrims are being readied for the final stretch of their journey. They are ever so close now, but more difficult trials lie just ahead. Indeed, for Christian, the most difficult trial lies ahead. Their final destination, of course, is the city, the celestial city, and it is ours as well, loved ones. Listen now to Cheever's most eloquent description. On the delectable mountains, the pilgrims had a sight of the celestial city. No matter if it was but a glimpse, still they saw it. They really saw it. And the remembrance of that sight never left them. There it was in glory. Their hands trembled. Their eyes were dim with tears. But still that vision was not to be mistaken. There, through the rifted clouds for a moment, the gates of pearl were shining. The jasper walls, the endless domes, the jeweled battlements. The splendor of the city seemed to pour like a river of light down upon the spot where they were standing. No language can describe the glory of the vision whenever and however it is manifested to the soul. For eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man to conceive the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And finally, Dr. Bradley puts forth the idea that the delectable mountains represent the Sabbath, a time of respite in God's word and in songs of praise to his holy name. So, after erecting the warning to avoid bypath meadow and stay the course along the narrow way, our pilgrims make the climb up to the delectable mountains which belong to the Lord. From Bunyan Ministries we read, Now if the house of the interpreter and the house beautiful were for introductory preparation, 
Then the delectable mountains and the shepherds there are for advanced spiritual training, training that can only take place after much experience. This training is in fellowship with the house beautiful. Note that this experience may well represent the local church, which should always have a forward heavenly vista. Or it might represent the ministry of the word of God by godly pastors and teachers and its effect on the pilgrims. It is here, as the text tells us, that they found gardens and orchards, the vineyards and fountains of water, where also they drank and washed themselves and did freely eat of the vineyards. Restore to us the joy of our salvation and sustain us with a willing spirit, Psalm 51.12. Now at the top of these mountains they saw shepherds feeding their flocks and standing near the Lord's highway. They went to them and asked, Whose delectable mountains are these? And whose be the sheep that feed upon them? The shepherd answered, These mountains are Emmanuel's land, and they are within sight of his city, and the sheep also are his, and he laid down his life for them. Isaiah 8.8 8 and John 10.11 They're within sight of the city, loved ones. Can you imagine such a sight? Our pilgrims are now nearing the end of their journey. They're here on these mountains for further instruction. But know this, at this point in their journey, their faith and repentance have deepened with Christian maturity. Now there are some questions and answers between the pilgrims and the shepherds. Christian asks, is this the way to the celestial city? And the shepherds answered, you are going in the right direction. And Christian asks, how far is it? And the shepherds answer, too far for anyone except those who shall arrive there. Well, is the way safe or dangerous? Christian asked. Safe for those for whom the way is made to be safe, but the transgressors will fall off along the way, answered the shepherd. Is there in this place any relief for pilgrims that are weary and faint in the way? asked Christian. And the shepherds answered, yes. The Lord of these mountains has given us charge not to be forgetful to entertain strangers, and therefore the good of the place is before you. Now let's take a closer look at the shepherds and their purpose. These mountains and their shepherds represent the local church, a garden of the Lord for rest, refreshment, and further spiritual growth. The psalmist writes, Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Psalm 51.12 These four shepherds are named knowledge, experience, watchful, and sincere. These shepherds reinforce that this is Emmanuel's land and that the joy of this land is Christ and Christ alone. Matthew 1.23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And the shepherds, being cautious, have questions for our pilgrims, questions to help them assess where they are in their walk along the way. They want to know where they had come from and by what means they had entered the way and by what means they had found strength to persevere. For few, they said, 
who begin the journey make it this far. Matthew 7, 13, 14. The shepherds want to affirm that these are genuine pilgrims, not a by-ends, a worldly wise man, or some other gospel cheat. And having received such confirmation, they are invited to stay a while and refresh themselves. The next morning, the shepherds ask them to walk with them, and they decide to show them some wonders. First, the hill of error. Now, as our pilgrims arrive at the ledge at the top of the hill of error, the shepherds ask them to look down. And so they do. And what did they see but several men dashed to pieces? This represents those who fell into error by listening to Hymenaeus and Philetus, who denied the faith by refusing to believe in the physical resurrection of the body, and thus they remain unburied. There is little known of these two, being mentioned in but two places, 1st and 2nd Timothy. As an aside, you may recall that Paul is writing to Timothy about his duties and obligations as the young pastor of the church of Ephesus. In 1st Timothy, Paul exhorts Timothy to fight the good fight. 2 Timothy 15:18. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Paul sharply rebuked them, saying that their teachings had been, quote, to the ruin of the hearers, unquote. Well, the message here is clear, isn't it, loved ones? Beware of false teachers, for they are deadly to your soul. And now we come to Mount Caution. From the overlook at the top of this mountain called Caution, our pilgrims, when they looked far off, could see several men wandering up and down and stumbling among the tombs, unable to leave. They could see that the men were blind as they stumbled among the tombs. This represents, the shepherds tell them, the style below and the story of Doubting Castle. They are referring to the very same style that our pilgrims use to cross over the narrow way and on to Bypath Meadow. The shepherds tell our pilgrims that the blind men are those who transgressed by crossing over the stile and on to Bypath Meadow. In the end, giant despair had gouged out their eyes and left them to wander the tombs forever. So now, and forevermore, they were dead men walking. Listen to this truth, loved ones, from Proverbs 21.16. He that wanders out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Hearing these words from the shepherds, our pilgrims looked at each other with tears streaming down their faces, and they were ashamed and said nothing. It's all too easy for us to discount our own errors and then fail to learn from them. We forget where we've been and end up in the same swamp over and over again. When you fail to own your own sin for what it is, when you fail to confess it, to fight it, 
to repent it and instead find ways to manage it by hiding or coping or lying, it will slowly but eventually blind you and soon you will find yourself among the dead men walking. Listen, there are times when we sit under the preaching of God's word as our pilgrims are now doing while listening to the shepherds, that we are overcome by our own conviction. It is as if the sermon were meant only for us, as is the case here with Christian and hopeful. Have you ever felt that way, loved ones? That is the Holy Spirit at work, wielding the double-edged sword of God's living word. So be quick to repent your past sins instead of dismissing or managing them. And then look to Christ and know that he alone forgives. He alone redeems. So deepen your love and know that you are ever secure in his holy word. And now let's turn to the byway to hell. Now the shepherds took them to the bottom of the ravine where there was a door in the side of the hill. And when they looked in, it was dark and smoky. They could not help but hear the cries of the tormented. The fire and brimstone, which is sulfur, filled their nostrils. What does this mean? asked Christian. This, the shepherds answered, is a byway to hell, a byway for hypocrites, those claiming to have moral standards that are unsupported by the fabric of their lives. Hypocrites like Esau, who sold his birthright, like Judas, who sold out his master, like Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, who lied to the Holy Spirit. It seems that each of these hypocrites had had the appearance of being a pilgrim for quite some time. And if you'll remember, there was also Bayens and his friends, as well as ignorance and others. You will meet ignorance soon. Hypocrites all, living outwardly as a believer in Christ, and yet inwardly refusing to abandon their sin. Their lives as followers of Christ was a Broadway play, and they were the bad actors. In the end, they and all others like them will be miserably cast away. May God grant us the strength we need to shed our sin and walk in the true light of his holy word so that at the end of our journey, loved ones, we may see our Savior face to face. Amen. Now the shepherds tell our pilgrims they could see the gates of the city if they have the skill to see through their telescope. And as they were eager to try, the shepherds took them to the hill called Clear. Now what is referred to here in the text as a telescope is more accurately called a perspective glass. And a perspective glass in Bunyan's vision is faith. Now, when our pilgrims attempted to look through the shepherd's perspective glass, they remembered something the shepherds had shown them earlier, and that made them tremble. And as such, they were unable to look through the glass steadily. Nevertheless, they managed to see something of the glory of the city, and that imperfect though it was, dazzled their spirits and lifted their hearts. Can you even imagine such an experience, loved ones, to see with your own eyes even a glimpse of the heavenly realm? 
the thought itself is enough to bring us to our knees. Amen. By the way, what our pilgrims remembered and the reason they trembled was their act of transgression in leaving the way by passing over the stile to Bypath Meadow. This displayed a weakened faith. And so, as our pilgrims prepared to depart, the shepherd named Knowledge gave them a map of the way, instructions on finding and staying on the right path. Also, it means God's word. And for listeners of this podcast, there is a link to such a map in the description field of the first episode of this series, The Introduction. Another shepherd named Experience told them to beware of the flatterer, that which deceives us by appealing to our vanity. The third shepherd, named Watchful, warned them not to sleep on the enchanted ground, that is, keep watch over their souls by staying alert in the care of their heart, no slumbering. And the fourth, who is sincere, bid them Godspeed, a prayer for a successful journey. Well, loved ones, that brings us to the close of another episode, Chapter 11, Shepherd's Warnings, Dangers Avoided. Please pray with me. Almighty God, holy, holy is thy name. All glory and honor is yours. Humbly we come before you with these requests. May the fabric of our lives reveal our faith. May that faith move us to stand firmly upon your promises and may we be granted the strength to fulfill our obligations to Thee. We pray these things in the name of our Lord, Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, in our next episode, we'll discuss Chapter 12, Faith Under Attack. And until then, loved ones, may the Comforter be with you always to guide you in the way that leads to the city. Amen.